There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Project Loving Myself podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. You know, to kind of cultivate something internally, like meditating and like counting your blessings and really just being hopeful, you know, and knowing that all of this is happening for a reason. You're listening to Project Loving Myself podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, beautiful. This is Sanaya on the Project Loving Myself podcast, where we discover new ways of improving our well-being together. Now, the ideas that we get come from our interesting guests who share their stories to inspire our own. Now, our spirited and adventurous guest today is someone who has not only found her passion in flowers, but also learned incredible life lessons from it. Our guest once said, flowers are perishable because the minute we take the flowers out of their roots, their shelf life lessens right away, which taught her the importance of enjoying what she has in the present moment and to follow where her passions will take her, to seize the day. She firmly believes that when we get to do the things that we are happy or passionate about, everything in life will flow pleasantly, nicely, and naturally. So here she is, Bianca Roque Bradner, entrepreneur, co-owner of CMG Florists, former mix VJ, mother, wanderer, and passionate dreamer. Let's explore well-being today with Bianca Bradner on our episode. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Hi, thank you for having me, Sanaya. How are you? I'm doing great. And how are you? You are halfway across the world. Yes, we're in Austria now. Um, I've been here for about two months now. Can you believe it? But it's nice. I mean, like it's we're we're safe here. You know, we're kind of we're free. It's it's a little bit more open here. Like people can go out and like we're not required to wear masks. But yeah, I mean, like we're we're safe. We're happy. But of course, like I still have my family and my friends and my loved ones in Manila. So. You know, I have you guys in my mind and in my prayers all the time. I mean, like, I hope, you know, things get better there. But I think it is, right? You guys are now on GCQ, so that's a good sign. It's a little bit up and down. I think we aren't sure what's Mm going to happen next. But, you know, I'm sure that things will sort themselves out and whatever needs to to happen here will happen. Bianca, what's it like in Austria right now? 
It feels safer here. You know, like things are a little bit more open. People can go out. Like we're not required to wear masks anymore. We're around nature. Like we're an hour and a half away from Vienna. So this is like, this area is called the this, Steiermark, this which is um, the green heart of Austria. So we're really surrounded by nature, which is great. Like I was telling you earlier, have you heard of this thing called forest bathing? No, tell me about it's, this. It's basically just, you know, like, it's like when you're sunbathing, you're, you know, you're kind of like worshiping the sun here with forest bathing. It's like you get the energy from, from nature, basically, you know, from the roots, from the trees, from the plants, from the animals around it. And it's, it's been great. You know, like that was actually one of the, the reasons why my husband and I really decided to, you know, like spend a couple of months here first while waiting it out because, you know, like as a parent, I feel like, you know, I feel responsible for my kids' experiences, you know. And in Manila, we live in an apartment and we were there from like the start of the lockdown, which was in March up until June. And we were not able to go out at all, like not even to the common areas, to the pool, like no sun. Like our balcony didn't even have like the sun, you know, like we didn't have any sun in the balcony. So that was really tough for us. So being here and like, you know, just having the the chance to, you know, like to chase butterflies and like look for slugs and you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's, I feel so grateful. Freedom. Yeah. It sounds like freedom, yeah. which I think a lot of people are having a really tough time with because I know, yeah. our freedom is essentially been taken away by the situation. I mean, externally, yes, but I feel like when I was in Manila, like I said, like the three months that I was there, when I was locked down, you know, like I said, like externally, the only thing I could really do to get to a place of, I don't know, like, like a space of like a good space, like a clarity and like, you know, like a more still space is, you know, to kind of cultivate something internally, like meditating and like counting your blessings and really just being hopeful, you know, and knowing that all of this is happening for a reason. For wow, sure. It's already really like heavy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We just went right into it. Yeah. But it's it's a really good point, Bianca, because I think that hope is what we have. Yeah. And I think that hope coupled with trust, yeah. that everything, like you said, has a purpose, has a reason. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is all going to at some point some point it's going to make sense. Sure. Yeah. And it doesn't I, I really believe that. Right. But you know, for you, um, looking at your story, Bianca, I I've noticed when I was looking, I was looking back at your life and doing a little bit of research on your story. I found that, you know, freedom has been something that has been important to you and that you've always been someone who has made non-conventional choices in your life. And I think that there was really this free-spirited, adventurous side of you. And one of the things that you did when you first started to work was you became a flight attendant. And I noticed that that's something a little bit out of the norm here here in the Philippines, but it seems like there was something you were looking for. There was something you were chasing. So were you adventurous by nature? Were you running away from things here? What was that like? I wouldn't say that I was trying to escape something, you know, like for me, it was really something that, you know, that, that I really wanted to do, you know, like, like you said, at the time I was really young and, you know, like this wonderful opportunity was presented to me, you know, like to be able to travel the world, 
to live independently while earning good money. I mean, like it was just like hard not to say no to, you know what I mean? It's not like I was going through like a whole list of like pros and cons and making, you know, like an entire drama about this. It was more like a feeling that I kind of had and I went with it and I just, you know, ran away with it. I mean, like, I'm grateful that my mom was supportive-ish of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the timeline may be different, but, you know, when I think about my life then and knowing what I know now, I really, like, wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Like, like some of my friends, like, some of, like, my closest friends are from that part of my my life, you know? And and being there for a year, like, I wasn't based in Manila, no? So, being there for a year really gave me a lot of, you know, like experiences that really shaped the way I think, you know what I mean? It really opened up my mind and kind of like placed me in situations, uncomfortable situations that truly allowed me to grow. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like my dad would always tell me life is a great educator. And I feel like it, you know, like that whole experience was like, a masterclass in real world. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like a master's in, in a span of like one year and it was fun. And you make a really interesting point about that because you obviously pushed your boundaries. You got out of your comfort zone and you did something that, you know, for someone as young as you were at that point, that was, that was big, you know, it was a big leap forward. So what, what were these like uncomfortable situations that taught you so much? Cause I do believe yeah. I do believe that when we are most uncomfortable, that's when we grow the when most. When we grow, exactly. I mean, well, like I said, the whole experience was like a massive adventure for me. You know what I mean? Like I was able to meet different people from like different cultures. You know, I had a Moroccan and like a Turkish flatmate who spoke different languages. You know what I mean? Like who ate different food and lived differently. You know what I mean? And I just had to like develop an open mind about things like you know, and, and kind of like learn to adapt without really losing myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So does, do you think that that made you very flexible or it made you I feel more... like I've gained a lot of perspective, you know, and understanding of different people, you know, like I remember um, the Arabs, I don't know, like if your listeners will, will, will see this, but like how they say wait usually is like, you know, they kind of like put like all fingers together and then like right in your face to kind of like, you know, like shweya. And it used to insult me, you know, I'm like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? But, but that's just their culture. That's just how they are. Like, it's not to be taken personally. Like, you know, like those little things. Yeah. It definitely makes you more open and less judgmental when you expose yourself to more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, like I was, I think the best part about it also is that, you know, I was young and, you know, when, when you're young, you kind of like absorb so many things and, you know, it, it kind of really like molds you. I mean, like I knew also that I wasn't going to be staying there for long, you know? So I feel like I had this past to kind of like live this incredibly you know, like fascinating lifestyle for a while and knowing that like soon enough I'll be coming back to Manila and maybe like go back to school or, you know, like pursue something that would maybe like have a more stable schedule. But like having that like at the back of my mind just kind of also made me, you know, like enjoy things a lot more. 
Yeah, and can I also share, like, I just feel, you know, because this is like such a revelation for me, because like I said, for the longest time, I was looking at it from like, you know, from a different point of view, from like me being different and like, you know, probably not having like, you know, made the decision. So lately I've been thinking about it and I was really like, you know, it's actually, it's, it's like definitely like a really good first job. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a perfect first job because, you know, um, I was young, I was adventurous. I was pretty much game to do a lot of things. So I did, you know, like find myself in really exciting situations you know, like I would be like, you know, like partying it up in Marbella one day. And like, I'd be, you know, finding myself in like the streets of New Delhi the next and like having my palms read by like a lovely Indian man. You know what I mean? It was pretty surreal. But like I said earlier, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some instances wherein, you know, I've kind of like questioned my decision because, you know, it's really, you know, it's different. And like you said earlier, it's not the path that everyone usually takes. Um, you know, I would ask myself like whether, you know, I, I should have just finished school or should I have, you know, like done things differently. But at the end of the day, you know, I feel like we go through our life experiences for a reason. You know, like one thing, like you guys have taught me so much about like life, like there's no chance. You know what I mean? Like nothing in life happens just because, you know what I mean? Or like by chance, like I feel like this is all part of a greater story and like this is my story and, you know, there's there's no need to, I don't know, like feel shameful or, or whatever about it, right? That's so true because, you know, everything we've been through made us who we are today. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And nothing's yeah. an accident. And if you hadn't made those choices, then all the things that happen next may not have happened in the same way. Exactly, it's all connected. Yeah, so I would say, you know, love your past. You know, as much as there might be skeletons in your closet or there's things going on, you love your past because your past is why you're here. You know, so I think definitely that's an important point. But you also said, Bianca, you said that with the right mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So what are the things that you set your mind to and have been able to achieve? Well, the most recent one, I think, would be, you know, like having to balance my role as a mother and like a wife together with with work while keeping or at least trying to keep myself sane, you know what I mean? And like make time for myself. I used to think that was impossible to kind of do that, you know, or like one aspect of my life would have to take a back seat if I want to pursue all of these things at the same time. But, um, you know, like waking up every day and like being clear with my intentions and like really organizing how I want my day to go. And like, you know, even planning the kind of person I want to be, you know, like is something that really keeps my mindset, you know, like keeps me from staying on track. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, so I would meditate in the morning and then like after meditating, I go straight to journaling and I would ask myself, okay, like, what do I want to be? Or like, what, what are the struggles that I will be facing today? And how do I want to show up for that? They're kind of like practicing my day and, you know, beforehand. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, that, that has really helped me a lot. You know, I kind of like what you said there. You said planning the person you want to be. Yeah. Because so many times we react in situations and we behave in ways that we wish we hadn't, you know, like 
I have yeah. a lot of my my clients say to me, you know, I I I reacted this way, and then later on, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And so we are as human beings, we're always looking back with regret about right. what we yeah. did. No, that but, was like the story of my life before. You know, I was so reactive. Right. But um, now you're saying, you're saying plan the person you want to be. In a sense, you're saying have an idea in your mind of the kind of person you want to be and aspire to be that. Right. Yeah. It's just a reminder. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like that's what we all need. You know, like I feel like we go through life like almost on autopilot every day, mm-hmm. you know? So if we kind of like really take a step back and be like, okay, what do I want to be today? Like, do I want to you know, like, okay, today I'm going to spend the morning with my kids and then in the afternoon I'm going to work. So, okay, what will be the problem? So how do I want to, to be the person? Like, how do I best deal with it? You know what I mean? So it's, it's a little bit more, I don't know. I'm OC that way, (laughs) but, but it works. But, you know, organization definitely works. I agree with that because I used to think that way that, you know, I'm a mom, I run a business. I'm a healer. I've got lots of clients and students. I've got my family, my husband, you know, as, as every woman can go down a list and they have so many things on their plate. Yeah. And I used to, I used to think that I have to give up something. And for a long time, I gave up self-care. You know, I was so busy running everything. I wouldn't have time to like get a haircut or to do my nails. It got really busy at one point. And I remember thinking, where did I get this idea that I have to sacrifice something? And that's really something that's cultural. You know, it's in the Filipino culture. It's in the Indian culture. And there is this notion that a woman has to sacrifice certain things for the people she loves. When once I did a little bit of work on that, I realized it's not really about sacrificing or dropping the ball on anything, but it's about organizing and, and planning things. And finding ways to make it work harmoniously. And then we can do everything. Right. right? And I, yeah, I guess just thinking of how you can adjust to things rather than how things are so difficult, you know, would it's the mindset, like at the end of the day. But, you know, like I just want to clarify because you were saying that, you know, like I would plan things and all of that. I mean, like I would, but... Of course, there would also be time to f- be flexible, you know, right. because that was also one thing that kind of like, you know, that would be a roadblock for me. Like I would plan so much and then I would, you know, at one point I just became so rigid, you know, like there's just no time to change my plans, you know, but yeah. I think that's something that motherhood taught me, you know, like you have to kind of like go with the flow and like roll with the punches once in a while. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the ideal way is to plan but be flexible, you know? So you have a plan. It's some sort of a structure, but be flexible with whatever comes your way. Sometimes we get so attached to our plan, to how things are going that, or how things need to be, that we lose sight of the bigger picture. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So Bianca, let's go back a little bit more. So you you were flight attendant, and then after that, you became a VJ, right? So yeah. you were you were a VJ for Mix, ABS, CBN's Youth Music Channel. So right. tell me about how you landed that job, and you know how did you go from flying to to being on screen? Tell me about that journey. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 
Yeah, well, the next thing was, yeah, it was a surprise, <laughs> um, you know, because I had no, I had no background in, in hosting or in public speaking, you know, um, I, you know, I enjoyed talking to other people. I, I like being around people, but, you know, it not to the level of like being in front of a camera and like talking and like, you know, like in front of a lot of people for live events, you know, it's, it's like a whole different ball game, you know, altogether. But um, how I got it was, well, I was introduced to the idea by my friend Luis Manzano. He's like also one of the VJs of Mix and he likes to say that he discovered me. <laughs> he always says he should get like a cut from my five years of being a VJ. But um, so I was having lunch with him and, you know, we were talking about my plans, you know, like, you know, I was asking him, should I go back to school or should I do something else? And he told me that Mix was looking for, for a new VJ, you know, and, and he was like, you know, why don't you just audition? And I was like, are you kidding me? No, like, you know, like I, I do this weird thing on my mouth when I talk and like, you know, I'm just so, I was too self-critical to, to be in front of the camera, you know? And then he said, just try it out. Like, you know, you've got nothing to lose. So I did. And, and the rest was history. It took a while for me to, to kind of get used to it. You know, I remember we would have meetings with our channel head and our producers and, you know, they would ask us, you know, like Bianca, what personality will be, will you be bringing to the table? You know, like, are you the funny one? Are you the quirky one? Are you the girly one? You know, I guess that's how things work. I guess it's easier for them to kind of like market at, market us that way. But it was a struggle for me, you know, like until I realized I should just stop overanalyzing things. You know what I mean? Like I realized I shouldn't be labeling myself. You know what I mean? Like I could be quirky one day and I could be like girly the next day. I mean, like we all have different kind of layers to ourselves. And I feel like being boxed into this one personality just kind of limits us to kind of explore our capabilities. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, like, you know, sometimes I'm patient, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm mindful, sometimes I'm not, you know what I mean? But it's okay. So, so that was like, I feel like that's how I started to kind of find my footing. And what was it? Cause you spent five years yeah. at mix, right? So how did you grow? How did you grow from that experience? And, you know, was it, were you confident from the beginning? Was it something that you developed? No, I was actually very, I overthink a lot. Okay. So, but the thing is being a VJ put me on the spot quite a lot. You know what I mean? Like we had our scripts for some shows, but then our producers wanted to keep things as natural as possible. So, you know, like I would have scripts wherein, okay, Lady Gaga wore a meat dress to the Grammys and then parenthesis, Bianca, your thoughts. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, whoa, sometimes I don't read the scripts beforehand. So Bianca, what is it like to be on screen and be a per- be a certain persona to other people while still having your own identity? Like, do you think there's like an on-screen Bianca and an off-screen Bianca or is she the same person? Well, essentially, I think I'm the same person. I'm just a little bit more energetic and a little bit more animated on screen. But I'd like to think that I remain to be the same, you know. Of course, there are some things that I don't really like, you know, like out of being sensitive or out of being, 
you know, like just, um, you know, we're PG-13. So, you know, we just have to filter some things out. But essentially, like who I am is, is, is the same, I think. Do you think that being a VJ developed that even further? Yeah, definitely. You know, because I re- I had to like being myself. You know what I mean? Like you can't fake that. And And being able to, I feel like being able to you know, like do other things and like, you know, make fun of, of, of you know, like not take yourself seriously. It takes like a certain level of, I don't know, like, like trust in yourself, like a confidence to be able to do that. Right. So, and it's easy. Like it's, it's, I feel like as a VJ, it's so easy for the viewers to know and to see if you're putting something on you know, like for you, if you're watching someone, you kind of feel it. You feel the energy if it's right. not real. So I try to be, yeah, I try to be as real and as, as natural as possible because, you know, I used to be so scared to make mistakes and I used to be so scared to be judged, you know, but, you know, I realized that everyone would always have something to say. You know what I mean? And like, I realized that what I say, uh, you know, like I'm not responsible for how people react to what I say, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I just think about, you know, like I try to tune other things out. Let's just say it that way. But did you get a lot of negative reactions in your five years? Like, did you have to deal with people who were making their comments or judgments? And how did you deal with that? You know, thankfully not. You know, when I was, when I was a VJ, like Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. So you know, like we got our messages via snail mail, you know what I mean? We would, or like we would get messages on the phone, like send it to 2366, you know what I mean? So like the the, the conversations between us and our, our viewers weren't so like real time. So yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that I didn't really have a lot of like, you know, haters. Well, how do you, how do you feel about it now? Because you're still... You're still a public figure, an influencer. You're still very much present on social media. How do you feel about the fact that anyone can make a comment about you? And how do you deal with that kind of pressure, that kind of feedback that could potentially come your way? You know, sometimes I would just tell myself, like, does it really matter? You know what I mean? Like, I just go back to what really matters. Like, I go back to... Does an opinion of someone who I don't know really like matter to me? Like it, it doesn't, you know what I mean? And I think it's also knowing that, let's say if I post something and if I know that the intentions behind this post is, you know, is coming from a place of, you know, love and like not wanting to, you know, like elicit jealous reactions or anything like that, then, then I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, how other people would like to interpret my my captions or like my pictures is totally up to them. You know what I mean? And I was just reading a book about like this, there's an article, sorry, it's not a book about, you know, like the reaction of someone about like, you know, like, like a person's opinion. It says a lot about where they are at the moment. You know what I mean? Like you could be I could say the nicest things, but like if this one person is going through a rough time, he can completely twist it in a way that it's negative. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I just try not to think so much about like what other people would think and just concentrate on, you know, the real intention why I'm doing it. 
So what you were talking about, Bianca, is the fact that we all read the situation we're faced with based on our own filter, based on what's going yeah. on in our life. There's no absolute truth. You know, there's no like, this is what exactly what happened because everyone involved has a completely different experience and point of view. And yeah. so what, what we're, what we're seeing in social media is that everyone has a, a viewpoint. Everyone has a POV and social media gives us the ability to put it out there without thinking about it, without considering how it's going to impact other people and yeah. without being accountable for what we're saying. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people just are so reactive that like, especially during, you know, like, like a few months ago, like there would be so much hate around. And like, sometimes I would, I had to really take a social media detox because I felt like there was just so much hate. Like I felt like people would just like say one you know, like pe there would be like this one news. Okay. And like everyone would start to like jump in and have their opinion about it. And it, without even realizing what really, you know, what the story really is about. So, you know, I mean, if, if I have to always pay attention to those little details, I mean, I'm going to drive myself crazy, crazy. So sure. yeah. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. The Beauty Authority Podcast, hosted by Dr. Vicky Bello. Hi, this is Dr. Vicky Bello, and why do I think I'm a beauty authority? Well, I've been in clinical practice of dermatology and cosmetic surgery for the last 30 years. And so what we're trying to do with this podcast is to combine the scientific knowledge and research that we always do with the practical, clinical, everyday experience with patients. So I thought this would be a nice, unique way to share with you knowledge about skincare and beauty, etc. Join me and Katrina Razon, your beauty authorities, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Now, Bianca, you've been through some healing yourself, yeah. right? You've, yeah. you've worked on your own um, development, your personal growth. Tell yeah. me about your experiences with that. What have been your challenges? Why did you seek healing and what did you get out of it? I think I'm still healing. I'm still in the process of coming to terms with some things. But initially, I, I went to, you know, to see you guys for my anxiety which started, um, you know, shortly after I, gave, after I gave birth to my first daughter, to my, to my firstborn. And, you know, it wasn't like really debilitating, you know, like I wasn't, you know, like I could still function. But the thing is, I just felt like, you know, like I would, I would be projecting my fears and like my insecurities on, on my kids. And I just didn't want that. You know what I mean? Like I was getting so impatient. I was getting so snappy. I was getting, you know, judgmental. And I just, you know, I just didn't like the person that I was becoming. And then, and then I realized that it was, you know, a lot of, you know, like a lot of things that kind of like built up from, from the experiences that I had in the past, you know, because I cope differently. And because I, you know, like I wanted to, you know, like I wanted to make myself believe that things are this way or, you know what I mean? But, but without really getting to the root of it. So it really helped me, like Theta really helped me to kind of 
get to the bottom, get to the root of, of, of my concerns. You know, like you guys would always, you would dig. And for me, oh my God, digging. I'm so uncomfortable with digging. I find it like the most stressful part of theta healing. <laughs> but it turned out to be the most helpful. You know what I mean? Like, because really, if you have problems, you really just keep asking. You know what I mean? Like you have to ask the right questions. And then I do remember in one of the workshops, you guys said that, you know, so you have to keep asking. And when you start feeling like uncomfortable or you start telling yourself, why am I even talking about this? Or like, you know, like this is so silly. Like I'm being crazy. That's when you actually have to, you know, like dig some more rather than, you know, like walk away because that's when it gets juicy. And that's when you're actually going to find out something that is, you know, like quite important to your healing. So, yeah. So Bianca, we have to give our listeners a backstory. So you went to the Third Eye Wellness Center, which is my healing center, and you took some sessions in Theta Healing. And so what, what Bianca is describing is how she went through the healing session and where the healer would keep asking her questions so that we could uncover where whatever was stressing her out or whatever was causing anxiety, where it was actually stemming from. Because we know that whatever's going on in our life today often has its roots in some trauma in our past or some unresolved issues. Or maybe we learned to cope with things in a way that wasn't the best way. And so we're all we're all carrying this kind of baggage and through the healing, we're able to kind of delve into it, uncover it. And just the understanding and awareness, which is as you were describing through the process of of digging and theta healing gives you a, perhaps a different perspective. It gives you a, uh, it gives you the ability to make peace with a certain circumstance or situation. So what did you get out of healing? What did I get out of healing? I learned that um, the answers are usually just within me. You know what I mean? Because I would always, and sometimes I would be like a little bit impatient and I'm like, no, but do I have to do it? You know what I mean? Like, tell me the answer. But you guys would never, you know, you would answer me back with another question until I realized that, oh, you know, I I just answered it for myself. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, like really tuning in to what's inside of you and like, you know, like kind of like quieting the noise, the fears, the insecurities so that you can, you know, connect more to your intuition. Like for me, that's, I think the biggest thing. I guess we get so caught up in our lives that we forget to connect with ourselves. And we are the most important people in our life because if we're not okay, then nothing around us is going to make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's affected. Right. And so it's really about learning to get to know yourself better, understanding yourself better. And when you have a better understanding of yourself, then you can, you can react better to situations. You can understand what you want and you'll be less confused and you'll really be able to live your life in a much better way. And, and I find that I was more forgiving, you know, like I've become more forgiving and more accepting of where I am rather than, you know, kind of like just concentrating on like what I failed to do or, you know, like on, on things that are not very helpful. So, you know, because like we tend to judge, right? We tend to, to do a lot of, yeah, like judgment. So like just understanding that, you know, like... 
we can be this. It's okay to make mistakes sometimes. It's just a matter of like picking yourself up again and like, you know, choosing again, you know, to, to make a better decision. And do you think that after going through this kind of healing process through Theta Healing, do you think, or do you feel that it has stuck? Like, you know, a lot of people go through different kind of coaching or healing, or they go see a therapist, but then they end up sometimes recreating the same pattern. Problems. Yeah. Well, I think of course it doesn't end there, you know, like just like with any practice, like you know, it's not a one-time thing. Like with anything, you we really have to work at it. You have to keep practicing. You know, you can't like go to the gym once and expect to have like rock hard abs. You know what I mean? Like you can't eat salad once and expect to be super healthy, you know? So it's also like a combination of, you know, like making sure that I, you know, like I carve out time to, to meditate, to journal, you know, like I, you know, I try to be more aware of the thoughts that are in my head. It's, it's a lot of things. It's actually a lot of inner work, like for, for someone to kind of get to a place of, you know, stillness or like being present. But yeah, I mean, of course, like Theta was kind of like the doorway to all of that. So I'm really grateful for you guys. Thank you. So tell me about journaling. How did you get started on journaling? How does it help you? And Maybe you can share with listeners how they can get into the practice of journaling. Yeah, well, I started journaling in high school. It's funny. It was mostly because I was watching Sex and the City and Carrie Bradshaw would always like write, you know what I mean? Like that was my, you know, like my um, inspiration for that. But then like in hindsight, I feel like it's really what helped me get through my teenage, you know, hormonal years. You know, I'd have like a lot, because like when you're journaling, you literally put your thoughts in in words and then like, it's like you, it's a way to give your, your mind a break. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, let me remove all the, you know, all of this in my head and put it in my notebook. And then after a while, it's like, okay, my mind is relaxed. Things are more, you know, like, like kind of in perspective, like are more in order. So you know, like, how do I journal? I do think I have so many different ways of journaling. Like there are days when I would just do prompts, you know, like I would ask myself, how do I want to, to do this? Or why am I so bothered by this? Or, or I'm going to do Hello, this fellow tomorrow. podcast listeners. Should, Hi, my name is you know, JC Temes. These are the just things that I plan by, to, uh, to say hello to you. How do you say, I do have you know, a podcast. And if in you want to listen to it, it's called The Best of like the Best. Just, I just talk know, about my own life. I think you might learn something new if you stick around over there. Or, I just like, try to make it relatable. So it is available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast on Podcast Network Asia or whatever you listen to. So maybe after this one that you're listening to, give this one a shot. I mean, no, actually, it was a Netflix show about friends. And, you know, like she's known for, for her diaries, right? And she was saying that the paper is more patient than any person. And I feel like it's true because, you know, like the paper has all the time in the world. You know, it's like I don't have to worry about like burdening it, you know? So I, I, I love that. The paper has more time patience. than anyone else. Patience and time yeah. too, because... You can fill up all those pages and you can get more. Exactly. And sometimes sometimes we look for people to listen to us and people yeah. get really frustrated because they don't hear us and they don't listen. And I, I always believe that 
If people around you are not giving you what you need, give it to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Or on the other side of it, if you're looking for something, you know, like if you're looking for love, if you feel like you're, you're looking for attention, you give that to yourself, you know, and, uh, you know, as things are sometimes easier said than done, like sometimes you say things to other people that you also want to say to yourself. I do that all the time. Honestly, when I'm teaching or I'm doing, um, talks, I'm, I, I do a lot of speaker type of, uh, events. And when I'm talking a lot of times my intuition just kind of flows and things just start coming out and I'm learning from myself as I'm teaching other people right as I'm as I'm speaking about a subject I'm learning from myself and so I think that process of learning is something that we're constantly going through as we ourselves are going through life experiences and it is up to us to stop and say, well, what am I learning from this? Why is this happening? It's, right. it's, up, to, it's up to us to do the introspection because nobody will do that for us. Yeah, yeah. No one. And I see your journaling as a way of processing your life. I personally like journaling right after my meditation. I just feel like, oh my God, I feel like my pen just has its own mind when I journal right after a meditation. Sometimes I also, you know, like go out for a walk here um, in Austria. We, you know, like the woods is just like 10 minutes away from us. And that has been like, you know, like my most favorite part of the day, like our afternoon walks is like something that, you know, like it's, you know, like I kind of relax my mind. I just, everything is just clear. And then I come home and just quickly write and, and, and yeah, it's been so helpful. Like it's been so helpful, like I've, I feel like I've been so patient with my kids, you, you know, and, and it just gives you this stillness, you know, and, and I feel like stillness is what you need to be able to be creative, to be able to solve problems, you know. I also think that when we are in a good space, and that usually happens when we have time for ourselves, you know, when we have time for self-care or some yeah. kind of some kind of me time. When you have that, you're obviously in a better mood. You're in a better yeah. space. Yeah. And you can you can give more to the people around you. So when you're talking about being more patient with your children, I mean, when you're in a good place, it's so much easier to be there for everyone else. Right. And if you're not, you know what I mean? That's why, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Empty cup. Yeah. It's so It's true because if you are in a, in a negative place or you're going through your own stuff, you can't see what the people around you need. Right. Yeah. You start projecting, you know, it's like you're mirroring your, where you are. So... So yeah, it's it's really been important for me to to take care of that aspect so that I can be, you know, I feel like I owe it to my family to to, you know, for them to have me as whole as I can be. And I think that's amazing. I think that's taking responsibility for your life and being accountable to your family, you know, to be the best that you can be for them, which is really really beautiful. Yeah. You you mentioned about taking walks, journaling, meditation. Yeah. Are there any other self-care, well-being, or self-love rituals that you make sure to prioritize in your life that are important for you? 
I take a break. For me, over the last um, year, I've learned the importance of slowing down. You know what I mean? Like, just like a car, you can't just keep going and going and going. You know, like stress is something that accumulates. You know, it's like the stress that I have now is not something that I just got from a few minutes ago. It was from yesterday or, you know what I mean? So I learned that I have to be able to constantly release it. You know, I would, have you heard of yoga nidra? I'm sure you've you've Mm -hmm. heard of that. I would do that. I would do like breathing techniques for me has been so important because of my anxiety. What Like light viewing. Have you heard of light viewing also? So basically like the first few hours, getting like sunlight from the first few Mm -hmm. hours of the day and sunlight before the sunset is is very important also for like the mood and for... For, for the circadian rhythm. So that's yeah. right. It, it balances your hormones mm-hmm. and it makes sure that your body rhythm is kind of aligned with the gravitational energy. Right. Of the so, so, I mean, like, it's a lot of work. Like, you know, that's why I was, I was actually just sent this, this article. I think it's from Forbes about self-care being like a discipline. You know what I mean? It's not an indulgence. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you need to, like, you have to, uh, like having self-care should help us become better versions of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like turning the TV off so you can sleep longer instead of like watching a couple of, you know, like episodes of Dynasty or something, you know what I mean? Or like waking up earlier in the morning so that I can work out or meditate because having a good morning sets me up for a good day is is self-care rather than like cozying up because I deserve it. You know, it's, it's not that it's like the discipline because I know that it's good for me. You're like not having a burger because I know I deserve it, but actually including some greens in my diet because, you know, because they're good for me. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that we can't have fun anymore and like we can't live of course we can do those other things but just realizing the difference between the indulgence and self-care I feel is very important I also think there's a shift that comes for people where you know initially it feels like self-care is something I need to do self-love is something I need to do you know it's like I gotta do things that are a little bit more effort than I'm used to or it's hard work But I think you get to a point and that's when I think that real change happens in our life is when we almost can't live without that, you know? So if I don't get my seven hours of sleep, I know that I'm not as functional as I could be. If I'm not meditating, then I know that around my kids, if they start, you know, becoming a little bit too rowdy, then I'm going to lose my patience. So it has a lot to do with realizing how important these things are and not doing it because like, oh, I have to do the self-care, I have to do the self-love, but because this is what helps me be the person I want to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it requires a level of understanding, you know, of your priorities and like a sense of, like you said, a responsibility of your well-being. I like that responsibility your well-being is your responsibility because if not yeah. it's going to it's going to spill over and it's going to create a mess in your life and it's going to yeah. impact other people yeah so here you are you know you are definitely dedicated bianca to your well-being to your you know self-care rituals but you're also a mom 
Yeah. You're an entrepreneur, right? So you have your own business yeah. and you've been balancing a lot of these different roles. How yeah. do you manage? How do you do it? Hmm. How do I manage? Like I said, it's just organizing, you know, like I, I have a lot of, I mean, I, I have to make sure that I plan my days ahead. And if, let's say, if, if days are a little bit more hectic, then I make sure to delegate so that I can attend to like the more important things. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just balancing. It's, it's organizing things. It's, it's, but at the same time being flexible, you know what I mean? Like if things don't go your way, adjusting to the new situation, you know, because sometimes the most unplanned things are also the most memorable, you know? So you just kind of like roll with it. I try to, to just go with the flow. I agree with you completely is sometimes the best things are the ones we don't plan and they just happen. They happen because they're meant to, but which role is the most fulfilling for you? Well, that's hard because like all the roles make up, you know, and have contributed who I am now. But of course, I'm a mother. And and so far, that has taught me the most about myself and about life. You know, like being a mother opens up a lot of opportunity for growth. You know what I mean? Like my children have taught me so much. Like my daughter from day one, even when she was still in my belly, she's already been teaching me about patience. You know, they've taught me so much about being present. I mean, physically, because they're always present. I don't have my time anymore. I was just joking. But, um, you know, like kids have a way of like pulling you in, you know, like when they're playing, they're just playing. When they're reading a book, they're just reading a book. So, you know, they've really taught me so much about, about being present. And I've only been a mother for seven years. And, you know, for sure, I still have so much to learn. But I think for me, the biggest thing is um, realizing that, you know, I had to work on some of my wounds that kind of that needed healing in order for me not to project my insecurities and my fears on them, you know. So in a way, I feel like raising my kids has also given me the chance to learn and unlearn like some things about myself that I wouldn't have taken a deep dive on had I had it not been for my kids and how much I wanted them to have me as as centered or as whole as I can be. It's true because, you know, our kids learn from us. Right. Whatever we are doing is the model of behavior for them. Exactly. And if they see a mother that is constantly stressed out and angry and upset and not happy, then our children grow up to become exactly that. Yeah, they see that. Yeah. And I feel like when our children see us prioritizing ourselves, then they learn to respect that because we're respecting ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's also important for them to know that, you know, that that's what they need also, you know. I can't tell them to, let's say, to be gentle if I'm not being gentle. You know what I mean? I need to show them that, like that's more, that has more impact, like me showing it to them rather than telling them to do it. And I think that's where a lot of people have the difficulty is in in teaching children what what they can actually model in their own life, you know? So there's a little bit of that disconnect. We want our children often to be what we couldn't be. We want our children 
to fulfill or to complete what is unfulfilled or unfinished in our own life. Yeah, so true. And what do you think about your future? I mean, so you have this business, CMJ Flowers, and I know that that's been quite a a wonderful journey for you as well, right? So what what do you see for your future from here? Where do you go from here? And what are your plans? You know, life has been so uncertain these times, you know, with the pandemic and which is, I feel, um, a good thing, you know, because it has taught us how to appreciate what we have now in the moment. I guess just like with everything that has happened to me, you know, like I feel like, you know, with the opportunities that I've had and I've, you know, I've, I've kind of taken in the past, it wasn't like I wasn't actively searching for opportunities. I was, it's just that I knew what I wanted so that when the opportunities came, I kind of realized them. It was easier for me to recognize them. But right now I just know that my, my, my family remains to be on top of my priority. My well-being is also, you know, pretty much on top of it. I mean, I still do my Instagram. I mean, I, I try to use my platform to, you know, to, to try to inspire or at least like, you know, share some light or share some of like the insights from, from, from the books that I'm reading to hopefully uplift and like have a, have like a positive impact in, in the social media world and, and my business. I mean, right now I'm, I'm thankful that well, my business is built in a way that we have our florists and like the other people who work with us on a contractual basis. So we're not really, you know, trying to, you know, like make ends meet desperately, you know, but of course we try to help our, you know, like the people, our staff, the best way that we can, but it's just, you know, like just taking, taking things one day at a time and, uh, and yeah. Amazing. And so CMJ Flowers is a flower company and you also do workshops, correct? Flower arrangement and so on. And those are kind of like very, very niche. I mean, that's a very niche thing to do. Flower arranging and and so on. And what do you think it, it was about flowers and arranging flowers that really appealed to you that that is something you wanted to get into business for? I mean, arranging flowers or like gardening, you know, it's, it's just so therapeutic, you know, like for me, flower arranging started out as a hobby, really, you know what I mean? Like I would attend flower arrangement workshops with one of my best friends. And then, you know, like we wanted to do that just to do something creative, you know, because at the time we were always home, we were always, you know, like finding ways to make our home feel a little warmer And so we did that because we found it really nice. Like we could do it for hours and completely lose track of time while doing it. And I just feel like, you know, like being able to share that, um, that knowledge or to just spark a sense of creativity with other people, because, you know, in our workshops, we would have students who would be like, oh my God, I didn't think I'd be able to do this. You know what I mean? But actually, it's all in us. We just have to take the time to do it. So for us, it's actually ju- it's, it's being able to share that, you know, to kind of give, like hold a space for, for, for moms, for, for, for everyone, not just for women, actually, to be able to, 
you know, like cultivate like creativity because creativity also is like a, it's like the, the birthplace of a lot of things, you know what I mean? So I feel like once you start connecting with your creativity, you can also like life is about being creative, you know what I mean? So you can also do a lot with it. I think what like currently there are so many things going on that are beyond our control that what we could do is to focus our energy into doing something that is creative. And I think that creative energy really uplifts us Yeah, and it creates a lot of like positive flow into our life. So I do see how it's so beneficial for people, you know, even to do something like that as a hobby, just do something creative with your hands, with your time. And it's really going to bring in some great, it's just going to bring some great inspiration into your life. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Bianca? Like, do you you feel it? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's definitely a form of self-care. You know what I mean? Like doing these like flower arrangements. It's, It's like a, it's like a moving meditation, you know, because you can get completely lost in it. I mean, I mentioned gardening because I would see a lot of my friends like who live in an apartment would have like their little, you know, like herb plantation in their balconies now. Because it's also just nice to see, you know, to start something, like plant a seed and then like, you know, it will develop patience in us. You know, like the next day you see it starting to bloom. And then, you know, like you realize that if you take care of it, it will flourish. You know, if you just take the time to, you know, to nourish it and nurture it, it will. And and that's true of life, right, Bianca? Anything that we... We have the patience to commit to, to take care of. It's going to bear us fruits. It's going to bear us herbs, the flowers. It's patience and commitment. Exactly. I'm actually um, teaching my children right now. So we've planted a couple of herbs and they water the plant. And they're so excited when they see those leaves sprouting. And I think it's just such a wonderful thing to teach children First of all, to connect with nature and also yeah. to, be, to, to understand that, that life is something that requires attention and care and love. Yeah, so, here we're in Europe and, you know, like we have four seasons here. And, you know, like we, we got here, like towards the, we got here in June, supposedly that's already summer, but in Austria it was still somewhat springtime. So my kids were able to see the flowers like turn from like how they looked in springtime to, you know, summertime. And then when it rains, how they kind of, you know, start wilting, but then you start pruning things and then sun comes out again and they, you know, they bloom again. And it's just like such a wonderful thing. Like we have, well, my mother-in-law has a, has a raspberry bush and like an apple tree and, you know, like, yeah, so every morning you know, for breakfast, we would go out and like get some raspberries from the bush and pick our own apples. And, you know, it's just nice that they realize that they don't come from the supermarket. You know what I mean? Like they come from these, from nature. That's the kind of education I think our children should have. Definitely. That's what I wish we see more of, like that our kids can be out in nature and connect with nature and, you know, they can understand where things are coming from, you know, how the soil and the sunlight and rain is contributing to make and give us these fruits that becomes our nourishment. And right. I think that, yeah. that's, that's just something so beautiful. 
Bianca, it's been a really great conversation. I love that, you know, we could share a lot of really great things about our lives. And, and I love how you were able to also share a little bit about your own healing journey. Now, what is it that you'd like to share with our audience, our listeners about self-love? Like what is your project loving myself mantra? Something that you really believe in or stick to something that, that represents your commitment to self-love? For me, it's been the importance of slowing down, you know, because busy, like being busy isn't always productive. You know, sometimes we go through the motions without actually accomplishing anything, you know, and sometimes the best thing that you can do is to just take the time off and like, you know, like recenter yourself, you know, because like when you're relaxed and, and when you're rested, that's usually when the inspiration or like solutions come to you. You know, so, yeah. We work so hard in trying to achieve and accomplish things when sometimes the easiest way is to do nothing and relax and the answers just come. Take a step back, you know, and like you'll see the bigger picture because sometimes when you're completely focused on one thing, you tend to forget, you you miss out on a lot of important details. So... Yeah, just just knowing when to step back, you know, um, for me has been like the thing, like has been the biggest thing for me over the last few months. You know, like people tend to be more patient and people tend to be more understanding and just generally happier when they know when to slow down, you know, when they know the balance between going for their goals and like, you know, like reaching for their dreams, but also taking a few steps back to kind of recover and like regroup. And, you know, it's, 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 it's that balance. Yeah, I agree. Balance is really the most important thing that we have to achieve in our life. Well, Bianca, this has really been an insightful conversation. I thank you so much, honestly, for everything you've shared and for your time and giving us a little bit of a idea of what it's like to see things from your own perspective. Thank you so much for having me, Sanaya. Like, this has been so fun. Like, we have really gone way over our planned time. But thanks yeah. for holding space for me. Like, I felt, you know, you've made me feel safe to to share my, you know, my story. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I was able to do that. Now, Bianca, before we go, can you please go ahead and send, uh, share your details? If you don't mind sharing your details with our listeners, how do they reach you, follow you? How do they get in touch? Oh, I'm I'm on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's uh, Bianca underscore Brandner. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you again. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to have lots of things to say about today's episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. So what did you think of today's episode with Bianca? I love it when people really share their personal stories and they're very candid, especially about their healing experiences. I mean, I believe that when other people can hear what we've gone through, what learnings, lessons, and what healings we've been through, that it really opens up, you know, the world for others. Now comment on this episode on at Project Loving Myself Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. That's S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. 
please share the love with someone who you think can benefit from this podcast. Thank you to all the listeners for joining me today on the podcast where we open our minds to let new ideas and insights so that we can live inspired, be better, and find our bliss. Your Project Loving Myself thought for the week. Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Keep blooming. Goodbye from me on the Project Loving Myself podcast powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.